the word in Jeremiah chapter 18, verse one says, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house. Oh, mercy. And there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house and there he was working at his will. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. We're gonna pray tonight under the title, The Purpose of Our Pain. The Purpose of Our Pain. Wow, why was the weapon formed in the first place? The, the purpose of our pain. Let's pray, Lord, be with us. We need you. We're not just here to hear another good sermon. We're not just here for form and fashion because that's what we do on Wednesday night. We're not here because we are bored and need something to watch on our screens, but we're here to have an encounter with the true and living God. So speak to us and move like you can on, only can do. Throw your weight around, shift some things in this place so that when we're done, we can say, surely we've been in the presence of the most high God and we are forever changed because of him. We pray not because we are worthy, but in Jesus' holy name, amen, amen. The purpose of our pain, the purpose of our pain. I shared with uh, my church this past weekend and I let them know that one of my favorite poets is a Lebanese poet and prophet by the name of Khalil Gibran. And Khalil Gibran pens this beautiful piece of poetry. And he writes this poetic word called on pain. And it's part of a greater uh, poetic landscape. But I will recite a piece of the poetry here for you tonight. He writes that pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses your understanding. <laughs> it is the bitter potion by which your inner physician heals its sick self. Therefore, trust the physician and drink his remedy in silence and tranquility. For his hand, though heavy and hard, is guided by the tender hand of the unseen. And the cup which he brings, though it burns your lips, has been fashioned with the clay that the potter himself has moistened with his sacred tears. <laughs> uh, this prophet and poet Khalil Gibran recognized the connection between the work of the master potter and the recreative work that God is doing in our lives. A theme that is linked here in this text in Jeremiah. But more importantly, the poet recognized the potency and the power of the pain that we experience on a daily basis. Now, if you're watching tonight, you understand that it's difficult to talk about pain. Uh, we live in such an instant gratification society where it's easy to run from our pain and to avoid our pain and to act like pain isn't a reality in our lives. But every now and then, saints of God, 
we run into a situation where pain cannot be avoided. Mm -hmm. If we're being honest tonight, we know that there are situations and circumstances that we face in our lives that can be extremely painful and that we can wrestle and struggle with God. Why is it that I'm in my pain? Uh, uh, many of us as Christians uh, try to do the right thing and try to eat right and be healthy, try and worship like we're supposed to and keep the Sabbath, try and treat other people well. And one of the greatest mystery of life is how is it that bad things can still happen to good people? And why is it that in spite of the fact that that we serve the God of the universe, that we as God's children can still end up in pain, uh, that we can still end up in situations where we'll get our hearts broken, uh -huh. where we'll st still end up in situations where there will be sickness in our body or sickness in the body of a loved one that we care for so dearly, that we can still be betrayed and neglected by people who were supposed to love us but didn't have our best intention at heart, that we can still be in situations. Listen, they didn't even like Jesus and, and caused him pain. And sometimes we can struggle with the reality of the pain in our own lives. The truth is, is that the human condition will come with pain. Mm -hmm. The truth is, is that I have pain and that you have pain, all of God's children, every now and again will come face to face with painful situations. But the good news is that this text tells us that there is an interconnection between the pain that we face in our lives and the miracles that God is working on our behalf. Uh-huh. The, the, the reality is that all of us will have to face pain. And here in the text, the people of Israel are getting ready to face one of the most painful situations that they will ever face in Babylonian and Assyrian captivity. The Bible says that these people have been stubborn and rebellious against God. And because of it, God's going to turn over the people to the Babylonians and the Assyrians. In preparation for what is coming, uh, God sends Jeremiah down to the potter's house to prepare him so that he can be able to anticipate the painful situations that the people of Israel are going through. And there at the potter's house, something is revealed about the mystery of pain. See, the potter's house was an ugly place and it was a dirty situation. It was not the place you would anticipate hearing a word from the Lord. It would have made sense if God had sent Jeremiah down to the church house because that was the place where people would hear from God. But God sends Jeremiah down to the potter's house, to an ugly place, to a place filled with broken vessels, to a muddy place, to a dirty place, because what God is doing is reminding the people of Genesis language. Uh, see, scholars say that this text points back to the work that God did in Genesis in the first place. What God is showing to Jeremiah here in the text is that people of Israel, you are getting ready to enter into captivity for the wrongs that you have done 
done and the pain that you have caused in your own life. But because I love you, I will show you a picture of my grace and my mercy in the midst of your pain. Because the potter is sitting at the wheel and is going to be creating pottery, but the potter is not the only one who is willing to get dirt and mud underneath their fingernails. That the potter's house is a dirty place and is an ugly place and is a place of broken pieces where the potter will get down on hands and knees and have to mold clay into something new. But the potter isn't the only one who participates in the process of the molding and the breaking. Because back in Genesis, I was the one who was willing to get dirt underneath my fingernails. And I was the one who was willing to get down in the dirt and in the mud and in the clay. I was the one who was willing to get down on hands and knees and to create and mold and form Adam out of the dirt and the mud of the ground. And if I can get dirt under my fingernails in Genesis and deal with painful, ugly, muddy, broken situations in in Genesis, then I can take the broken pieces of your life and shape it and mold it and recreate it into something better on the other side. Oh, I wish I had a church here tonight that understood that we don't just go through pain, that we grow through pain because God in the midst of our painful situation can mold us and shape us into what God would have us to be. Uh, uh, uh. Y'all still not hearing me, so I'm going to tell y'all a little story about going through painful and difficult situations. See, the old preachers used to tell a story. Uh, they, uh, uh, that, that, that's why they were so good at preaching. They used to tell this story. They, they told a story of a grandfather and his grandson who are driving on a trip across the country. And this grandfather and this grandson is traveling across the country in their car and a big storm begins to let out, okay? Uh, they're driving through the storm and the grandson is driving and it's his first time driving on a cross-country trip. He's just gotten his license, so he's excited to take this trip with his grandfather, but he's never driven in the rain. Well, the rain begins to fall heavy and the grandson is worried. So he looks over at his grandfather and he says, granddad, uh, should we pull over in the midst of the storm? And the granddad says, no, grandson, just keep on driving. So he keeps on going. A little while later, the storm begins to get heavier and other cars decide they're not going to continue in the storm. They pull over to the side of the road to wait for the storm to pass and the grandson is beginning to get worried. So he looks over at his grandfather and says, granddad, I see other cars are pulling over and you know I'm a new driver. Should I pull over so that we can wait out the storm? And the grandfather says, no, son, just keep on driving. So he keeps on driving a little bit further. And finally, the storm is raging and the wind is blowing and the drops are falling like 
buckets on the car and the grandson is worried. He looks over at his grandfather and says, grandfather, I am scared and I am worried. Can I pull over? The grandfather is real old school, looks over at his grandson and says, no son, keep on going. Well, the grandson knew better than to talk back to his grandfather. He keeps on driving and eventually the storm begins to clear. The clouds begin to break and the sun begins to shine. The rain begins to cease and the grandfather looks at the grandson and says, grandson, pull over the car. <laughs> the grandson is confused. He doesn't understand why his grandfather would have him continue to drive in the midst of the storm, but have him pull over when the storm has ceased. But he doesn't talk back, he follows directions, he pulls over the car. They get out of the car and they turn around and look and the grandfather asks, what do you see behind you? The grandson says, I see the clouds and the rain behind you. He says, what else do you see? He, sees, he says, I see the lightning and the rain behind me. He says, what else do you see? He says, I see the cars that are pulled over on the side of the road behind me. And the grandfather says, that is correct. See, those who pulled over and gave up in the midst of the storms of their life are still stuck in the storms that they were in. But those who were willing to trust God and keep on driving in the midst of their storm have now made it to sunny skies on the other side. And the word for tonight is, is that the pain that you are experiencing right now is not the totality of your situation. Don't give up because if you keep on going, God will use your pain as purpose to make you better on the other side. My time is up, so I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. But this text says, that there are three things that we ought to learn about the process of making pottery that will tell us about the purpose in our pain. I'm gonna share with you those three steps in the next few minutes and then I'm gonna get out your way. The first thing that the text says is that you've got to prepare for the process of the breaking. Uh-huh, uh, somebody ought to type in the comments, the breaking, the breaking, the breaking. See, when they got down to the potter's house, they would have seen the potter go through a process to make pottery the first step was the breaking. The potter would take a lump of clay and then he would break it into small pieces until it was real fine. The clay would start off as a block, but they understood that the block must be broken before it can become beneficial. Uh-huh. So the potter would walk through the potter's house and find the perfect piece of clay. He would find the right piece and then he would start to break it and break it and break it. And some of us are in situations where we feel like we're being broken and we're asking God, why are you breaking me? And God, why are you refining me in this way? God, why are you 
crushing me? Why does it feel like my life is coming apart on all sides and I'm breaking at the seams? Why is my family falling apart and my faith falling apart? And why are my finances falling apart? And is my health falling apart? And God is saying that if I don't allow you to go through the process of the breaking, I could never make you into something better that I would have you to be. God said, I have to put you through this process and it may not be easy, but if I don't put you in a process of breaking, then you could never become better on the other side. But watch this. Here's the best part of the break. The, the best part of the breaking is if you are being broken by God, that means that God chose you out of all the other pieces of clay to go through the process of the breaking. And if God chose you to go through the process and God is the one who made you in the first place, then God knew that you had inside of you what it was to deal with whatever it is that's coming against you because the Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. <laughs> if God is putting you through the process of the breaking, that means that God chose you in the first place. God found that there was something in you worth fighting for. God said, I'm not just going to throw this piece away, but I picked him. I chose her. I want her. I can use her. She is valuable. He is worth something that while others may give up on you. I declare you have a future. You have purpose. You have worth. You are valuable and I will use you into something better. Another way to say this is the breaking is better than the wasting. And God, I'm so glad that you didn't waste the pieces of my life, but you chose to use them for my good and for your glory. We serve the God who waste nothing. <laughs> I got to move. The first part is the breaking, but the second part is the molding. That's the part where the clay is taken and water is added. And this is the dirty work and the hard work where clay and water is mixed together to be shaped and pounded into something else. It's a repetitive process. And in each rotation and each repetition, the potter gets closer to the goal. And this is the part where the the clay is shaped into something better than it was before. Uh, in our lives, God sometimes puts us through a molding process where we have to be shaped into something new. It's the phase of our lives where God grants us new habits and new mindsets, new ways of thinking, new ways of approaching situations, new tools in our toolkits, new paints to paint with our paintbrushes, where God says, I'm going to use the painful situation to mold you into something better. And if you think you can go into the next phase of your life with the same habits, the same mindsets, the same um, uh, um, 
practices that you had in your old life into your new life, you've got another thing coming. If you think that you don't have to be molded into something new, that you can show up late on your new job, like you used to show up late on your old job, you've got another thing coming. If you think that you can eat the same foods and have the same exercise schedule uh, in your new life that you used to in your old life, you've got another thing coming. If you think you're going to use the same foul mouth to talk to your partner in your old, in your new life as you did in your old life, you've got another thing coming. But God is saying, I've got to move some old mindset, some old thoughts, some old habits, some old ways of being out of your life so that I can make you into something better on the other side. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, Steve Harvey tells this story. Uh, I was watching the Steve Harvey show and I just felt the spirit arrest my attention. Huh? He was talking and he said, that um, uh, um, that he was having a conversation with his mom. He had just gotten a new job. He was saving his money. He walks into the kitchen with his mom and he says, mom, I'm going to buy a new car. He says, I'm going to buy a new car. His mom points out the window and says, um, son, but your old car is still sitting on the blocks. Okay. Uh -huh. He had an old car. It was sitting on cement blocks out in the driveway. You know how some of us do. Uh, I'm I'm not going to tell your business tonight, but the old car was sitting outside on the blocks in the driveway and, and, and he um, tells his mom he's going to buy a new car. Well, well, a couple weeks pass. He comes back in the kitchen. He says, mom, I'm going to buy a new car. And his mom once again points out the window and says, your old car is still sitting outside on the blocks. And he says, uh, 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 okay, but I'm going to buy a new car. Another month passes. He says, mom, I'm going to buy a new car. And his mom says, but your old car is still sitting outside on the blocks. And, uh, and he gets frustrated with his mom. He looks back at his mom and he says, mom, um, I, I don't need the spirit of negativity in my life. Um, I don't need you critiquing and reminding me of the negative parts of my life every time I remind you of the promises that God is doing in my life. I don't need this energy that you're bringing right now. And his mom says, I'm not bringing you any negative energy. But I need you to understand you will never get the new car so long as you still have the old car sitting outside on the blocks. He said, oh, that was all I needed to hear. He said, I cleaned out the driveway, got a tow truck, moved the car out the way, cleared out the center blocks, and in two weeks, I had my new car. The Lord spoke to me and said, Marcus, you will never be able to receive the blessings that I have in store for you unless you make way and make room for the blessings that I'm pouring out over your life. You've got to move some stuff out of the driveway. Move out those old habits. Move out those old negative mindsets. Move out those old ways of living. Move out those old ways of thinking. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if you will allow this painful situation, situation to mold you into something better, then I could bless you 
beyond what you can even ask or imagine. Uh, the first part is the breaking. The second part is, is the molding. But the third and the last part, and I'm out your way because my time is up, is the burning. See, after the molding was done, the potter would take the piece of clay and he would put it in the fire. I'm done. I promise. I'm getting out your way. And he would put it in the fire so that it can be hardened in its shell and so that it can be put to good use. And after you've been molded, some of you are saying, God, I allowed you to put me through the process, but my life is still difficult. And God is saying that the fire is merely the place where you are tested and refined to prove how valuable you are. Some of us are in hard times and God is just saying, I am using this hard time to harden your shell and prove to you what you can can now make it through. Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. I'm adding right in there. We are put in the fire, but we are not burnt up. The old saints used to say, I thank God I don't look like what I've been through. The best part of the burning, and this is it, I'm out your way, is that the fire hardens the shape and makes it impervious to decay and to corrosion. That even after the fire is done, the potter is harder and more useful than it was before it went through the fire. The best part about this is that when we do archaeological research today, that we can still find ancient pottery out in the Middle East because it was willing to go through the fire. Thousands of years later, the stone has eroded, the cities have fallen, but the pottery still remains. And God is saying to you today that one day this world may come to an end. The cities may fall, the stone may erode, but I've got some pottery that's gonna live forever. Thousands of years later, we'll still be singing God's praises. Thousands of years later, we'll still be shouting hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for the fire. I thank you for the burning. I thank you for the pain. I thank you for the hard times. I thank you for the suffering. For if it was not for you, I would never have made it through. If you're in the painful situation, don't give up right now. There is purpose in your pain. God, I thank you so much for reminding us. <laughs> that our pain is not in vain. <laughs> mm. Teach us, dear Lord, not to give up in the midst of the storm. Instead, dear God, let us place our lives in your hand. We belong to you. Thank you so much for this word tonight. I pray for all of those who have heard tonight that they have experienced our holy We pray in Jesus' name.